Thank you guys for joining us for another conversation of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I was actually talking to today's Servant Leader a little bit before we got started because I'm excited. I'm trying to stay neutral here because I never want to put one before the other, but as a student of the game, a player of the game, now a coach of the game, I've watched today's Servant Leader, Miss Charlotte Smith, for a long time, um, following her career at Chapel Hill watching her play in a WNBA and then being able to actually watch on the sidelines at Chapel Hill as a coach. And see, for me, uh, Coach Charlotte, I am actually a coach at Gobby High School, but also played there. So I get what it means to have, you know, for you that Carolina blue and white go through your veins and then go back. But now the head coach at Elon University Women's Basketball And what I was telling her, ladies and gentlemen, was the biggest thing for me was paying attention to somebody who truly embodies why Christ gave me this platform. Normalizing coaches of faith is the reason the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study came about. And I'm really on fire for moving that agenda forward. So there was no way, no way, absolutely no way that I don't have you on here and have this conversation. So I just personally want to thank you for being here. And I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself a little bit before we jump into this conversation. All right. Charlotte Smith. So before we start, let's pray because I just want to yeah, let's come on now. Father, we thank you so much um, for Chelsea and we thank you for a servant's leader. Father God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit just saturate this place um, and that you move. It's your stage. I'm I'm backing up out of the way. It's all about you. I'm just a willing vessel to say what it is that you want to be said, Father God. So Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm Charlotte Smith, and I'm excited, super excited to be here with y'all today. I'm telling you, there was something that was said the other day. Anytime there's an opportunity to share the gospel, never turn it down. And I'm just thankful so much to God for where he's brought me from. So, Because believe it or not, there used to be a time where I did not like speaking in front of people. And it was like I... The enemy would want to grip me with fear and keep me paralyzed, but I'm just thanking God for deliverance in that area and just being able to share with you today. Now, for all you coaches out there, I'm going to tell you, we have such a great responsibility, such a huge responsibility. And Billy Graham said it best. He said that a coach will impact more people in a year than the average person will in a lifetime. And we have such a great opportunity to impact and to inspire. That's why I keep this on my desk. One of these things on my desk right here, I'm gonna show y'all a lot of stuff because I got a lot of stuff around me, but inspire to encourage somebody to a greater effort, enthusiasm, or creativity, awaken a particular feeling in somebody. And that's what we're called to do, inspire. And we do that by the grace of God and through the love of God. And I'm just so excited that I've finally grown in a place in my career where I understand exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing and why God has positioned me here. The first thing I want to tell you, I got a couple of notes here, is that it takes God's grace. A lot of people can look at your life and be and look at what you're doing and think that it's easy, but it's only by the grace of God that we're able to do what we do. And there's such a huge responsibility for us, especially in this time of the pandemic, of just making sure that we're filling our young people up with the word of God and with the love of God so that they'll know where to turn to. So the first thing is, is know that it takes God's grace and his grace is sufficient for everything that he's called you to do. I remember when I first started coaching, it was like trying to drink water out of a fire hose. It was so hard. 
so extremely hard. But when I finally just took a deep breath and realized that because we put so much pressure on ourselves to win, to win, to win. And for most people, it's win at all costs. But our greatest uh, responsibility is to make sure that we win souls for Christ. And I'll share this picture with you all right here. This is probably one of my favorite memories right here from coaching. And this is, I remember this was from our losing season last year. Uh, maybe it was a year before last. And I remember praying before the game. It's like, Lord, we've had such a hard year. And I just really want to end the season with at least a win at home. And we did not win that game and we lost. And God knew exactly what I needed because right before tip off, um, our ball kids mom came up and said that my son wants you to lead him to Christ. Now I've never been at a game and done a speaking engagement and say, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm a minister. I've never said, I've just lived my life in a way so that my light could shine. And so I'm just thinking at the beginning of the game, oh my goodness, this young man wants me to lead him to Christ. And that was the greatest victory that has ever been won in the Shar Center, which is where we play, is being able to sit right here on our bench, on our bench after game and lead this young man to Christ. And he was crying, his mom was crying, and the players, my players were actually in the stands witnessing this, witnessing this moment right here. Wow. And you know, you talk about impact right there. Now that's impact. And the other thing, the, the second point that I'll give you is to follow his lead. When I went back to coaching, I coached at UNC for eight years. And I knew at some point that God was pushing and prodding for me to take that leap of faith. But I'm gonna tell you for real, for real, for real, I was so afraid that I did not have what it took to become a head coach. And so I stayed in fear for years and would not go out and interview. And, you know, it was kind of like I was trying to pretend like I was looking for the right opportunity, but really I was gripped by fear. And finally, it was just like, okay, go, okay, Lord, I trust you. So I stepped out to begin the interview process and I interviewed at a lot of jobs. And let me tell you something, you better follow his lead. Um, because there were a lot of opportunities that I thought were for me where the door was shut in my face. And, you know, here's the thing is that rejection is simply redirection. And God will always put you exactly where you need to be. Wow. And so after I interviewed for my last job, um, before I got this one, I said, I'm just going to go back to Carolina and that's just going to be it. And then the door opened for Elon. And I remember... Um, thinking about interviewing for this job. And somebody that's near and dear to me said, you, you should not take that job. They don't have the resources. You can't be successful there. But I knew in my heart when I pulled out of this parking lot from the interview is that this was where exactly God was calling me to be. And, and I tell you, I've been blessed because of my obedience. So that second point is, is follow his lead. And then the third point, and I'll shut up so you can ask some questions. Is lead, <laughs> no, you get it. Lead with love. Lead with love because these players, they need it. They need it. And that's why it's so important for us to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to know and to, to discern what exactly it is that they need. I think that's so huge, all of those points that you said. And there were so many things to unpack in there. The first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to work my way back. How, it, because it's so often when not just taking a job, but making decisions. You mm -hmm. know, often we'll have those people around us tell us their opinions. And we'll listen to those before we listen to what Christ asked us to do. Mm -hmm. 
And it's so easy in life to be steered away. But I think it's perfect as leaders, what you just said, we have to be led by Christ and Christ alone. You know, and the other portion, and especially in the midst of this pandemic where individuals are being furloughed or losing their jobs, you know, we have to understand, like you said, God's rejection is redirection. It's our rejection, it's God's redirection because sometimes we'll go and lean in our own way. It says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into our own understanding. How many times do we do that? <laughs> and in all your ways, acknowledge him. There it That's is. The part is that we don't acknowledge him. Sometimes we acknowledge other people's opinions before yep. we get in our prayer closet and hear what it is that he has to say. I'm telling you. And I mean, I think that's so huge that you would say that because it's, it's the, that key piece that we miss. I tell people all the time, we use the parts of scripture that help benefit us, mm-hmm. but it's the parts of scripture that's going to help better us mm-hmm. and better in his word. So I thank you for that. Coach, what, what created your strong foundation in Christ? You know, all of us know it could have been the foundation when we were growing up. Some of us didn't find them until later in life, but what built the foundation of your strength and what allows it to continue to strengthen on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm a PK. My dad was a pastor, so I grew up in the church. And you know, you talk about in the steering wheel where you keep your hand 10 to 2. <laughs> That's how long we was in church for, 10 to 2. So, you know, it was really my foundation. And I, I thank God for it. You know, as kids, we didn't understand and we want to be out of church and while we're here. But I'm so grateful to God that my parents were consistent in their faith walk. You know, there's a quote that says that leaders emulate the behaviors that they desire. Let me say that again. Leaders emulate the behaviors that they desire. So if you want your child to be a follower of Christ, you must first follow. And so, you know, for me, it was pretty easy. I'm emulating what I saw growing up as a child. This is what not only I saw in the church on Sunday, but it's what I saw every day. I saw my parents emulate that Christ-like the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, long-suffering. I saw that. Now, that's not to say that I grew up on a straight and narrow and I got everything right. Part of my fat, strong foundation is bumping my head up against the wall over and over until it's like, Lord, I surrender. It's, your, it's all about you. It's all about your way. And so it's just, it's a process. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion, you know, and a lot of people think when they come to salvation that it's like magic and, you know, everything is all gravy and you have this perfect foundation. No, it's, it's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. And I'm so glad that God is not like man and that he's patient with us and that he's loving. And I think that's huge in what you said, because along with the faith journey, right, that's how it is in everyday life. You know, as coaches, and you know this, and we had a servant leader, uh, Brittany Ezel, on a couple of weeks back, and she said it best, and it's the same thing I think about when I think about coaches like yourself, is if we want them to be a woman, they have to see a woman. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, that's just what went in my ear when you talked about emulating, right, the traits that we want them to embody and that we want to become. And and I think that is so huge, not only in our households, but we're with those kids, and especially for you, you know, when those babies sign that letter of intent and they come to Elon, they're with you. And so can you talk a little bit as far as leadership is concerned and also leaning back into that emulation, how important it is for us as leaders to not only embody the qualities, but to be able to show that discernment, right, in selecting those young ladies that you bring to Elon? 
Right. Yeah. So for me, it's, I, I don't put God in a box. He's included in everything. You know, some things come better is not included. God is included in everything in all the boxes, even in recruiting. When I, you know, when we were able to go out, I'm sitting there like, Lord, I'm overwhelmed right now. I don't know who to look at. Like, I need you to guide me. I need you to direct me, you know? So I'm just including him in everything. And then, you know, in the process of recruiting players, um, you know, it's a culture. And, you know, when you think about our culture, our acronym for our culture is HEART. You know, honesty, excellence, attitude, respect, and trust. And so we're looking for those character traits. And not only are we looking for them, we're trying to develop them because they don't come as ready-made. You know, a lot of times when you're recruiting, you're recruiting, trying to recruit ready-made in terms of all their skill set, but they don't come as ready-made, you know, in terms of their mentality, in terms of their foundation and their walk with Christ. And so... That's where, you know, when you think about like the Bible, we, we can start from the book of Genesis in the beginning when God, he took, you know, he took chaos and he, and he created order. And, and that's, that's our call. And that's our responsibility is to create order out of chaos. And a lot of times when you're bringing some of these players in, there's a lot of chaos there. And so yeah. that's why it's so important for you to emulate the behaviors that you desire and correct those behaviors. God is a loving God. He corrects us too. And that's what we need to do, you know? And so when you think about in the beginning, it says God created the heavens and the earth and he saw that the earth was full of void and it was void and it was full of darkness. And he said, let there be. That just that just sets the whole stage for everything. It's just the power on, of our words, the power of our words. And I don't think we understand that enough in terms of instilling that into our young people, young men and women is the power of your words, the power of your words, life and death lies right here in this tongue. And the Bible also says that as a man thinketh, so is he. So it's like our mind and our mouth has to be in alignment. And when our mind and our mouth is not in alignment, that's when we go straight. When you think about a car, when the tires are out of alignment, what does it do? You can take your hand off the steering wheel, even when you go to the left and pull to the right. <laughs> And that's what I'm trying to instill into them now is like the power of your word, the power of your mind and the power of your words. And so if God spoke um, from chaos to order by the words of his mouth, you can create that same world, world with your words. And so like for our program, this is like one of the pillars of our program. And we just gave these to our team uh, for Christmas. We give them this every year. It's our words of affirmation shirt. And so every year, each player has a word of affirmation that they say in a huddle every day in practice that affirms who we are. Hey, is that any different than what God calls us to do? I am a child of God. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And so it flows in the same alignment of teaching them the power of your words and affirming who you are as a player, but more importantly, affirming who you are in terms of who God says you are. And so it's just so much that's, that we can pour into them if we understand the why of what we do. Coach, I can't with you. I'm about to jump up out this chair now. I told y'all, I tried to tell y'all, okay? But I think it's so important when you mention words of affirmation, right? And speaking life because so often, and I tell people this all the time, the background that our young men and our young women come from Sometimes they haven't been, life has not been spoken over them. Things right. have been spoken over them, but life is not it. And on a day-to-day -day basis, the young men and women that I teach and I reach, some of the things that they endure even baffles me as an adult. 
and they still have to come to school. They still have to do what they need to do. We're asking them to perform these actions, but we don't recognize that for all of their lives, they've been spoken in a negative way to. And so it is our job to pour into them, to fill their cup, to speak those things into their life because we see that. We could say we see the potential, but when we were we able to speak life into them, that potential can become kinetic. So I love that. I love the affirmation for your young women. I love that whole portion because the good thing about that coach is it's starting from you all. Right. Stemming right. from you all. And sometimes if they didn't stop by Elon, if they didn't come to attend Elon, who's to say they may not have ever known that if they didn't stop by and attend Elon to play for you. And that's, yeah, and that's what it's all about is setting the foundation. And so the foundation of our program is just those words, speaking life and words of affirmation. And, you know, there's another scripture in the Bible. And, and that's why it's so important where you to, to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to know what to do and when to do it so that you can take those moments to instill those God-given nuggets without even having to preach a sermon, you know? Yeah. And, and another thing I got right here is just, this This is a shadow box of the first championship that we won. And, you know, no, it's not all about the championships, but if God wants you to be successful and he wants to promote you and elevate you, hey, I'm going to take it. <laughs> all right. So like these golden scissors right here, you know, the Bible talks about calling those things that be not as though they were. Before we ever won a championship, we already had manifested it out of our mouths. I bought those scissors before we ever won a championship. I bought those scissors and put them right beside mm. us, right beside us in the bench, the championship game. And when they came to us to cut down the nets, the girls already knew we had the golden scissors sitting beside the bench. So that's just little things that you can do as a coach to build them up in their faith, because really that's what it's all about. And when you're trying to build them up in their faith, you know, it may not always pan out. Prime example, the first year that I got here, Elon, I was thinking I'm going to come in, I'm going to win championships. I'm going to turn this thing around immediately. No, to that, I, did, I gave a can of confetti to our team. And I said, when we win the championship, everybody going to pop open that can and we're going to throw out the confetti. Girl, we did not win. And year two, we did not win. And year three, we did not win. But it gave me an opportunity to redirect them to say we still have another opportunity we still have a chance delayed but not denied yeah. all these things that you're teaching and instilling are transferable to life and I think that's awesome I think and I think I know I know that those are our best servant leaders our best leaders our best coaches that are leading in faith and leading in love as you say they speak life but they also understand and teach those babies that when those things don't come to pass, just like you said earlier, delay does not mean deny, but there are some things that we can teach them in those de delayed moments that help them understand that and building their faith. That's a part of what we have to do. And like you said, it's not sitting there. Hey y'all. So this scripture today says, Hey y'all, but it's what they watch you do. It's what they watch you reenact. Coach had these scissors, y'all. We didn't use them for a couple of years, but you know what? She pulled those scissors out when we won that championship. And now I get what she meant, you know? And we have to start paying attention to our jobs as leaders, as coaches, to be able to show them that. And I think that's huge, not only as players, not only as student athletes, but as women, that when they leave you in four years or less, that they are able to do that because they're becoming wives, they're becoming mothers, and they're becoming further leaders for themselves. Right. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, just from 
boy, I'm just grateful for all the experiences that I've had. And, and it, this takes me back to like the WNBA and knowing that people are always watching. People yeah. are always watching, especially when you profess to be a believer. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a player, and I'm just so thankful to God that everything that I went through as a player, because it helps me, because there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. And it's like, when you've been through something, you can yeah. actually empathize with somebody. Come on now. And so in the WNBA, I remember as a player being taken out of the starting lineup and not being put on a bench, but all the way to injured reserve. There was mm -hmm. some kind of friction between me and the coach that I didn't quite, un well, I understood it because it was because of this faith thing and this faith walk and some things that I had ministered over her life. Um, and so it created, and, that, and that's the thing is God called, he called me to be bold in a moment where I'm like, Lord, that's my coach. Why do you want me to tell her this stuff? But I had to be <laughs> obedient. I had to be obedient. It was specific instructions that God gave me to minister to her. Gotcha. And it backfired and it backfired on me. And it took me out of the starting lineup to injure reserve. And I remember not being able to play, not being able to travel with the team. And we had an athletic trainer there. Her name was Mia. And during the season, I just continued to be a light. I continued to do my Bible studies, put uh, Bible study lessons in my teammates' lockers and continue to work hard because I said, this is just a faith test right here. And I remember mm -hmm. at the end of the season, and this was when I was married at the time. And I remember my husband saying, you need to ask to be traded. You need to get out of there. And that's the thing. A lot of times when we run up against the wall, the first thing we want to do is flee instead mm -hmm. of fight when God, and you know what? And he told me, you need to get out of there. What are you going to do? I will never forget the question he asked me, what are you going to do? And the Holy Spirit just said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And that was here. so that I could give him at that point. And I just continued to be a light. And I had a ring at my doorbell at the end of the season. It was the athletic trainer who was an intern that year. And she rang my doorbell and she said, I want you to know because of the way that you carried yourself through that situation of being mistreated, it made me want to grow closer to God. And that's why it's so important for us to understand that their eyes are always watching. It's important to be a light. And it's important to listen to the spirit because when people are telling you to run, God might be telling you to stay and endure because long suffering is part of the fruits of the spirit. It is. And, you know, it's just like, and so I'm just thankful to God because a lot of times as a player, you can learn from coaches what not to do to your players. Now that's that's true. They have a great responsibility to build them up and not break their spirits. I think that is so true, coach. And, you know, it's so funny how God definitely works, right? Because, you know, that actually was my first time hearing that story. It just kind of bridged the gap of how people say six degrees separation is really not, right? That same athletic trainer that uh, Coach Charlotte Smith is talking about was also my athletic trainer when I was in college. And that also came at a time where, you know, in college, I've always been there. I would say, Chelsea, you got an old soul, right? That's the church kid, right? And I didn't care. I never felt bad about that. I never felt ashamed by that. It was what it was. I was sold out from Christ, even from a little person. And that's cool, right? But of course, you get in college and you know how that goes and X, Y, Z, you have all these different things and temptations. And I was never afraid. As you said, my pastor would call it holy boldness. So you made me think of that when you said being bold for Christ. Right. That was me. I don't care at what point within my team, my teammates on campus, that was who I was. And it wasn't about trying to talk about it everywhere I go and every minute and every second. But I was not afraid that if God had told me, like you said, sometimes you'd be like, God, you sure you want me? <laughs> Come on now. You want to rethink that? 
But it's when we do those things, like you said, when we walk in it, we may not always understand what he wants us to do. It's just our job to be obedient. But I think the biggest thing that you said is that when those moments happen, right, those hard moments, it's easiest for, for us to flee. Uh-uh, I'm not doing this. No, this is too hard. But you said it best, right? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And I think the portion of this came right on in with the next question I was going to ask you, because all of us have had to stand still from March to right now, right? And, and still, right? For many facets of our life, but this is the one spot where I don't care who you were. I don't care what you tried to do. I don't care you tried to flee. This pandemic has made us all had to be still in some capacity. Even if life is open back up for us, it's limited. There's still parts of our day we have to be still. Can you talk to us a little bit about, we hear people and I'm pretty sure you see it, 2020, throw it all away, right? 2020, I can't stand it. Come on 2021, like things about to change in three weeks, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about more about that being still? But in those hard moments, what allows Coach Charlotte Smith to be able to see through it, not hit the wall, and stand still? What builds you to be able to do that? Knowing that God is still on the throne and that he's sovereign. And this was part of the plan. And you know, it's easy. I call it easiest pie. P-I-E. Perspective is everything. And I've never said throw 2020 out the window. I've had some of the best time of my life in 2020 because it gave me a chance to be still. It's like, you know, we've been going for so long, grinding, grinding, grinding on this hamster wheel that for me, it was good to be still. It gave me a chance to sit, to write, to work on music, to worship, um, to do Bible study Zooms with the team. It just was, it was in, in the time of intimacy. And it's like, when you value like that time of intimacy with God, it changes your perspective. And so I, I've enjoyed it. Life is really what you make it, you know, and people can say the glass is half full. You can say the glass is half empty, but I just say the glass is overflowing, you know, and it's just you yeah. in moments like this, you have to choose joy. You have to find the good. And then you have to figure out God, what is it that you're calling me to do in this moment? And so for me during the pandemic, I started like this movement of refuse to settle, you know, and I started, um, I actually did a women's conference where we brought in women from all over the country and were able to connect around this whole refuse to settle thing where we're refusing to settle for anything less than God's best for our lives. So if you missed your moment, it's probably because you were in the spirit of mumbling, grumbling and complaining and not having your ears and your heart open to what it is that God was calling you to do in this season. Mm. That was a mouthful, but it was right on time because I, that is the same conversation that I had with those, you know, I, in the mornings I do, I, I've, I've made it a practice, not just within this pandemic for, you know, as you said, you have to value your time with God. And so me valuing my time with God means that I'm going to get up extra early because I need to have that. Right. I know what my days are like when I miss that. Right. And trust me, they're totally different than those days where I do have that. And in my moments, I'll listen to my worship music. And, you know, there's times I listen to a podcast or there's time I'm just being still and hearing from him. And a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to the Christine Kane podcast and you made me think of this. You know, she was talking about how, you know, the word tells us to take up our mat and walk, right? And so this world and the people in it, and sometimes the people closest to us are so used to us being on our mats, right? right. 
can we can meet each other there, right? We can meet meet each other in misery. And she was saying, but when we're free, that's when you're going to lose some people because your mindset is a bit different. And I thought about that when you talk about refusing to settle and refusing to believe that 2020 was something that came to destroy us and hurt us, right? And as you and I talked before I even started today, and we talked about how it's, it just depends on what you're looking at. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that prayer is a conversation. We can pray to him, but majority of the time we say amen and we get up and move. But how many, how many times do we sit back and just say, okay, God, I said, I said, amen. Now I'm going to be still and listen to what you have to say to me. And right. I think that's why so many of us are lost because we don't ever take the time to hear from him. Right. And Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you. Yeah. He's still sovereign. He's still on the throne. He still has a perfect plan. And the thing that we have to realize is, it's not what you look at, but it's what you see. Mm. too often we're, we're looking at a pandemic we're looking at COVID-19 it's not what you look at it's what you see and there have been so many great things that have been birthed out of opposition birthed out of chaos because people simply took the time to just sit before God and hear what it is that he had to say about what it is he's called you to do in this season there's there's so many things so many great things that have been birthed because of yeah. COVID-19 I think it's perfectly said. And you have me like taken aback because I really am hearing you and digesting that because you know how sometimes your your feelings align, but you are you haven't been able to attach to them yet. And that's what you're doing. You're speaking live to a lot of my thoughts right now. Um, you know, often people tell me, you know, Chelsea, you're always so laid back. And the reason being is because of what you said. I know God's promises. And I may not his timing, but I know his promises. And I, and I was telling a friend of mine that the other day, I said, no, I mean, no, I don't know when he's coming, right? I don't know when he's going to fix that, but I do know he's going to and understand that word fix, right? I teach uh, sciences and we talk about tragedy commons and I tell them there's this word in there, when, but when has multiple definitions. Fix has a totally different definition in the spirit realm than with us. Just because God says he's going to fix that problem, he's going to come through for us doesn't mean that it's going to look like what we want it to. Right. You know? And and I think that's where a lot of people have a disconnect is because they can't see the hand of God, even in our valley moments. Right. And and here's the thing. It's simply put, it's really, really simple. When you trust, you rest. Mm. When you trust, you rest. You're not restless. Oh, and, and if you're restless, that means you're not trusting. And so when when you can be here, when you can be at peace, that's true trust. A lot of people say they trust God, but it's like, it's like, how do we know we possess the fruits of the spirit lest they be tested? You can mm -hmm. say you have peace. You don't know you have peace until like all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Trust is rest. Y'all, I can't with her today. I just can't. Right? Uh, I think that's amazing, Coach. And, and I think you, again, are adding words to my sentiments. I can rest because I trust. And I know he has it all figured out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as simply as that. Because, you know, of course, naturally being a coach and a leader and so many other facets of your life when your plate is full, right? A lot of times leaders, we, we can't fully lead in the way God would have us to when we're running on E. Right. What do you do and what advice can you give us as coaches and leaders to make sure that our tanks stay full, and when they're on E, 
how do you build it back up? Well, the, when you said that, the first scripture that came to my mind is in his presence. Yes, there is. It didn't say there's possibly, there's maybe, there is fullness. You talk about empty, there is fullness of joy. And, and that's the only way you get it. And I know, I know for a fact when I'm, when I am restless, when I'm tired, when I'm angst, it's because I have not been in his presence. It's simply because I've not been in his presence. And when you can get in his presence and you can worship, it allows the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to wash you and to clean you. Um, so that, I mean, that's just it simply put. And oftentimes I find myself running around, trying to shop, trying to do all of these things to fill the void, but nothing can ever take the place of his presence. And then, you know, in other ways, just earthly things, because I'm not super spiritual to where I don't do earthly things to replenish myself. <laughs> but I like music. I love music. Um, so like during the pandemic, I found an app called Voicey, V-O-I-S-E-Y. I love Voicey app because it's a bunch of music on there. And all I have to do is go and listen to music and make up songs. I probably have made up a whole album off of other people's songs from the Voicey app. So music is one of those things that fills me up. And then I have, you know, how Jesus had his inner circle to Peter, James, and John. I got my inner circle. Like, these are my COVID friends. Like, let's, let's keep this little bubble tight right here. So, <laughs> yeah. so these are my college teammates. So it's three of them that are local that I go to hang out with. And that helps to replenish me as well. And then just giving back in, in any capacity that I can, doing stuff like this, you know, being able to give back and knowing that I can impact and make a difference in somebody else's life. That's feeling as well. I think that's perfect. And I think it's amazing. I peeped that too, coach. Y'all, if y'all don't know, I'm telling you right now, coach got some pipes. Now I, <laughs> I appreciate it. You definitely lifted me up uh, a couple of times that I've taken a listen. So we appreciate you being obedient in that realm. You mentioned something that I think is on point. And I think that a lot of us as leaders and coaches and our own rights that sometimes we fail to do, you've mentioned that inner circle, right? And I was talking to somebody a couple of months back about uh you know this podcast I heard and was talking about who's at your table right that who occupies those seats at your table and you know some people call it a committee right whatever the case may be can you talk a little bit about how important it is to one have that inner circle you talked about but actually making sure those people who occupy those seats at our table they're actually adding value to our lives and catapulting us forward Right. Well, it's kind of like financial. The financial advisor tells you is that you have to diversify. You have to have diversification in your portfolio. So for me, on my board of directors, you know, I have my I have my my stepmom who is my spiritual mom. I have my um, both of my parents are deceased. So I have like my spiritual father who I consider to be my father, um, and then I have a, a gentleman that uh, is the CEO of. U.S. sports management. He's in that sports realm and he understands um, marketing and agency and all of that. So he's on my board of directors. Um, and then I have like my girlfriends from college, my closest friends, those that I can be completely vulnerable with. And so it's just, and then my pastor of my church here. So, you know, you want to be diversified also and who has those seats at the table not people that just think alike and not people who come from all the same backgrounds. I think you're so right. And I think the best thing that you said is, especially at the end, not all people that think alike. Right. Get okay with hearing the things we want to hear, but you don't grow that way. Right. 
get okay with those yes men in our lives, but we don't grow that way. We need some people who can be bold enough to say, mm-mm, that wasn't a good idea. Nope, <laughs> real quick, sweetheart. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm thankful because uh, the amazing young ladies that are on staff with me, my coaching staff, they are older than me. And people are like, mm, why? But the reason being is because they've been there, done that, seen it. And that doesn't mean that, that that automatically makes somebody a way better coach. But in this instance, they've seen it. So they can say, hey, you know, come here. Nope. Sometimes we have people on our staff that don't want to tell us we're doing the wrong things. They'll watch you doing wrong and say, well, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, so I'm going to sit back. They'll quickly yank my coattail. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Let's do this. All right, let's get to the drawing board. And I think that's amazing in what you said there. Coach, in this time where, like I said, COVID has totally changed the way that we do things. You know, as we talked about when I first got on here today, you know, some shifts have happened on my side. You know, what are some of the things that you can talk to those coaches who have lost jobs, who have been furloughed, who maybe, you know, unfortunately, especially up in your area, I I heard the CIAA made the decision for women's basketball and volleyball to, you know, not have a season this year. What's the words of encouragement that you can help these coaches and leaders in this time uh, to be able to find a little bit of peace and rest, as you said earlier, and trusting in God, even when things, you know, hit us with a blind side, but definitely don't go our way. Right. Uh, Seize the moment. Um, to u- utilize your time. Like if coaching is your passion, that's something that you know you want to continue in. Use this time to develop yourself. Use this time to seek out people. People can give you two answers, either yes or no. Reach out to people, anybody all over the country. There's so many coaches all over this country. Reach out to people. Like I reach out to people for mentorship, for information. Like just recently, I reached out to Joanne McCauley who used to coach at Duke. I said, I want to learn about your 3-2 zone. Can you show me? Can you can we do something via Zoom? And she agreed to it. People can either tell you yes or no. So use this time to just reach out, identify programs that are successful, reach out to those people. All they can say is yes or no. Get on the internet, YouTube. Like I live on YouTube of watching videos and trying to perfect my craft. And then also just try to just be still before the Lord to identify other gifts, talents, and abilities that he's placed inside of you that you may not otherwise know that you have. Like, I think back to like the birthing of me being serious about music. That was birthed through pain and opposition when I went through divorce. When I went through a divorce, that's 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 losing my job too, losing my job as a wife. You know, what is it that you're teaching me in this season? What is it that I need to learn? What is it that, what other talents, gifts, and abilities have you placed inside of me? And that's where the music was birthed through that, through laws. So just try to continue to perfect your craft and what you've already been doing. Reach out to others for mentorship and guidance. Um, And then also just try to identify other gifts, talents, and abilities that God has placed inside of you. Because sometimes that redirection leads you into other giftings. Spot on, coach. Spot on. I love every part of that. And I think, you know, the most of it is what you just said gifts are birthed through the loss. And a lot of times what ends up happening, I was having a conversation with my brother a couple of weeks back and he talked about how we miss the blessings of God because we're so focused on the situation. He said, it's crazy. God actually was sitting here like, I didn't, y'all, I didn't expect this test to last that long, but you just will not see past the current endeavor. You won't see past the valley moment. I'm sitting here on the mountaintop like, boo, 
I didn't mean to keep you here this long, but you're not focused on me. You're focused on the pain, you know? And so I think that's so important when you said that gifts are birth and loss. You know, I tell people all the time, one of my testimonies is while I was in college, I actually was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. And of course, naturally, you know, that is something that definitely throw anybody for a loop, but especially, um, you know, I knew my faith that was based upon my foundation. Like you talked about, you know, my grandparents were mother and deacon of church. My mom was in there every Sunday. We were there, like you said, 10 and two. All right. I knew that, but God had a way, right. Of saying, okay, you're not, no, I'm going to put you and set you apart. You're in North Carolina. Okay. Your people in Florida. And I know they're going to come running, but I got eight hours with you to myself. I don't want your faith to be built on what you know from your grandparents and your mom. I want your faith to be built on my hope because your hope don't need to be on building nothing less but me and my righteousness. And so in that, so many things were birthed because a lot of times our identity that we have within ourselves is not the same of the identity Christ has placed within us. And sometimes it's those valley moments that wake us up and show us, hey, let me, like you said early in this conversation, let me redirect you and show you what I called you for. Right. And, and that's the thing. There's this thing called what's lost versus what's left. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes we get so fixated on what's lost that we don't value and appreciate what's left. And that takes me to the book of Ruth with Naomi. Naomi yes. through so much loss. She lost her husband. She lost her sons. And she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because my life has been made bitter. She was so fixated on what she had lost that she did not realize what she had left was, was Ruth. And Ruth ended up being her girl. Yeah. You go, I will go. The God you serve, I will serve. Ruth connects with Boaz. And then that changes the whole trajectory of their lives. But we got to stop being fixated on what we lost and identify what's left. I can't with you today, coach. Whole words wrapped into one. I think that's so amazing and, and spot on. Um, to what you said and and to anyone listening I truly hope that y'all take to heed all of what's being said but that especially in COVID-19 and the pandemic in 2020 and some of those things we can't be so uh, locked on what's lost but recognize what's left right like I said earlier you know and and I kind of chuckle within it not that it's funny but just kind of standing in awe that people truly believe that when midnight strikes in 2021 Right. On the flips over, that it's going to be like, ta-da, it's all gone, right? And and my hugest prayer for the people that I know and that I don't know is that they recognize and that their hearts can truly be steered into God's direction because they're going to truly be disappointed, right? Because you're missing the value and what he's been trying to get us to see about what's left because we've been focused on what's lost. And I think that's big. And the thing that needs to be flipped is not the calendar, it's our mentality, and, on, and it's the same thing with the Israelites. It's like in, until you get to the point where you circle that mountain long enough, you got to get to a point where you circle the mountain long enough. And so the, the mountain that a lot of people are circling is, is that 2020 has been the worst year ever. 2020, I can't wait. You're going to continue to circle that same mountain because your mentality, your mindset has not shifted. So yeah. you can go into a new season. You can go into a new year with what is it the old wine skin you can't put new wine skin and old wine skin with the same mentality 2021 gonna be the same way you're right hey one of my uh one of my coaches said you need to get out of his bible study lesson (laughs) 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 Ah, but that's when you know that that god is truly in the midst and trying to stir up the gift right there you know 
Um, I know more than anything that in this time, you know, things are, like we said, they're different, right? Different doesn't mean bad though. Right. Can you talk to us? You spoke earlier about gifts, right? And of course, naturally, pretty sure you have 12 to 15 gifts on your roster, right? How do you enhance those gifts, those babies outside of the lines? Well, for, the first thing is, is that you have to identify the gifts and that, that takes an investment. And a lot of people are only invested in like, how can I help their jump shot get better and blah, 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 blah. But you know, you, you have to invest and you have to know. And, and it's funny because I got their vision boards. These are vision boards that I have them do. And uh -huh. every year we do vision boards. And so this is Vanessa, one of my players from Sweden. And so I know Vanessa wants to be an FBI because that's what's on her vision board. So it's like the little things that you do to take the time to show that you care and that you're interested uh, how you identify those gifts. And then you look at the resources that you have available at your university and how can we try to maximize those gifts through opportunities such as internships, uh, leadership programs, or what all the resources that you have available. So you have to take a vested interest um, in their lives personally as, as much as you do professionally. I think that is amazing. I think one of the biggest things, um, you know, was doing one of these a couple of weeks ago and a young lady was listening and she said, why do you coach? I think sometimes, like you said earlier, a lot of us as leaders don't even understand our why. We right. just got you know, thrown into it or decided to do it and we're just out there. But I think the big picture is like what you said, you know, it's inside and outside of the lines. And we have to understand that we have a huge uh, job and a huge undertaking when we take a lead spot in enhancing these babies, right? Because even though when they get to you, they still babies, they're still trying to figure this thing out, you know? And so often you either have le leaders or coaches who are trying to instill their dreams deferred. They care so much about the win and loss column that they miss the investment that you talked about. They don't invest that time to even know those babies, right? They know them for 32 minutes in a game, right? Or 40 minutes in a game. But after that, that buzzer sounds, they don't know that that child maybe walked home, didn't eat, right? And so I think that is so spot on to be able to understand the gifts that's in those babies to be able to help them and catapult them forward. We should be seeking the same excitement to win a game that we do when they walk across the stage or get those certifications, right? right. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, another you know, thing we did was we, we gave them these right here, toolbox. You know, we say, we talk about like, what's in your toolbox? And we tell them in their toolbox, put things in your toolbox that mean something to you and that are important to you. And so I started with my toolbox first and just put some different things in there, like, like this little stone right here that says grateful. I got this from when we traveled, when I was at Carolina as a coach and we went to one of the Jewish concentration camps and it was paved with like gravel. And I picked up one of these little stones because I said, I want to take a rock back with me and just write grateful on it to remind myself to be grateful for every opportunity that we have. So, you know, just little things that you can do. Um, and they all got different things in their toolbox that mean different things to them. So these are just ways that you can tap into, you know, their talents, gifts, and things that are important to them. I think that's amazing. I want you to know, I mean, you already have me two things that I'm going to be adding into my program. I'm just going to- Dollar tree. Yeah. <laughs> And look, and let me tell you something. That is one of my favorite stores to go in. Even I shouldn't be in there. Don't need nothing. Just go. <laughs> it's a toolbox from the Dollar Tree. One hey, 
we will be doing it. I will be going to pick up 16 of them over the break, and we were go- we're going to infuse that uh, into our program. I think that's spot on. If you're listening, I'm telling you, a great uh, a great exercise and a great thing to instill an investment that Coach has been talking about. You know, Coach, as we start to wind up, you know, we talk about servant leadership. And I tell people this all the time. This is kind of how I wind up every day. We talk about servant leadership. And it's just like somebody saying, love, I love you, right? We can say it, right? But love is an action word. Servant leadership are action words. You know, we see it when we Google it. We see it on books. We see all these things. And I think that's the main reason why God gave me this. I'm just a vessel. I tell people that. I'm just a little character back there in three stripes. But this is God right? And so I'm on a journey of trying to talk to all of these servant leaders and mainstream the longest but credible definition of us servant leaders to follow. To Coach Charlotte Smith, what does servant leadership mean to you? Servant leadership means being humble enough to do the little things that God calls you to do, uh, no matter what it is. And, And servant leadership is demonstrated And when I think back to like our program, you know, it's like, how can I demonstrate this? How can I demonstrate this? That I'm not too big for anything, whether it's sweeping the floor, I'll sweep the floor. Um, I've offered to carry my players luggage because I wanted them to see what servant leadership means. It means everybody doing their part, no matter where you fall on the totem pole. And so for me, if it means, Karen, you know, because when we come back off of road trips, right, we get back super late. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning. Yes, we have managers. The managers would have to make five or six trips to bring all the stuff in off the bus. I said, why make them do that when we all can put in a hand? Yeah. Lighten the load. And I think that's what a certain servant leader does. You you use your hands and your feet. I think lighten the load. I think that's so important because I think that, you know, I said this earlier, I tweeted this out this morning, all right? I'm just the messenger. And I simply said, our titles won't get us our servant well done. It's what we do with those titles will. And I think it's best of what you said there. Sometimes we get so high and mighty that we forget why we're here. We forget who to serve. But I think the best thing that you said is servant leaders lighten the load. And that can be physical, that could be mental, that can be emotional, right? In this world that we're living in, as we talked about these babies, that we talked about the pandemic in 2020, are we lightening their load or are we adding to them? Right. Servant leaders don't add the load to other people. They're all about depleting and helping. And I think that's so spot on what you said. Couldn't say it better. Could not have said it better myself. I think that in speaking about the load, the load is indeed heavy. Mm-hmm. The load is indeed heavy for so many of us, right? And as we begin to, and I want to make sure uh, my coaches real quick, I have a tendency to do this. Did y'all have anything before I close up with coach? My bad on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I know that loads are heavy mm-hmm. because I, regardless of the strength and the faith level, regardless of our identity in Christ and how we know him, loads are heavy, Right. You know, I was telling somebody today, you know, the number of notifications of new case, new case, new case. You know, you watch the CNN, new case, new case, new case. But COVID hasn't been the only issue, right? That's been the thing that we've been focusing on. But not only 2020, but just life has been something for so many of us, right? 
as these loads are heavy, can you give us a word as we exit out, exit out of here to lighten someone's load to, that listens to this? When I think about lighting the, lightening the load, it takes me to the scripture where Moses and the Israelites were in battle. And when Moses's arms were raised, they were winning the battle. Hmm. But they got to a point to where Moses' arms got tired. And when his arms got tired, they started to lose the battle. Hmm. But then stepped in his assistance. I think it was Aaron and her holding his arms up, helping to lighten the load. Yeah. That's the illustration that the Holy Spirit just dropped in my mind. It's just Moses holding his arms up in the battle. Aaron on one end and her on the other end to help him, strengthen him. And that's the thing is that we all need each other. We all need each other to strengthen one another and to know that God's grace is sufficient. I'm about to run down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you took the words <laughs> Coach Smith, I'm sorry. I have to uh, say something. You are in my uh, lessons for Thursday. Everything <laughs> that you have said so far, you are in my lessons for Thursday. I have a beaten a few minutes. Uh, one of my scriptures is Lamentations 3 and 21. It says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. That's the Bible. That's yeah. the word of God. Regardless of what we're seeing out here in this world, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Yes. The word of God is such an amazing. Word of God is, is so awesome. It has kept us through 2020. This thing hit our country in March. We didn't expect it. But guess what? God has remained faithful to us. But like you said, Coach Smith, we can't go through the thing murmuring. We can't go through the thing complaining because guess what? We're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. That's the body of Christ's responsibility. It's for us responsibility to pray and seek God on the behalf of this nation so we can see change in everything. But right. God is in control. I'm about to run down the street because you, you, you're about less for Thursday. <laughs> Coach Smith, I appreciate you. Chelsea, thank you so much. I had a day off, so I was like, I'm going to jump on this thing today. <laughs> No replay for me today, but I'm going to go watch it again because I got to steal some of these books. <laughs> Love y'all all. God bless y'all all too. It's been a blessing. Thank you all for the opportunity to share. Hey, it's, it's, you have blessed us and I love you too, Robert. You know, and just to continue that, I was actually singing it in my head, right? And the part that I love the most in that is this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is because of his mercies that we are not consumed. And because thy compassions fill us not, they great. are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Yes, Lord. Great is thy you faithfulness. You better shut down the internet. I'm out. I'm here. <laughs> Come on. Look, I couldn't close. That was God. I couldn't close that together. I didn't know what you were going to say. That was a God thing. My boss just told me to come to this meeting. I love all <laughs> y'all. have a good day. <laughs> Bye, Robert. Uh, Coach Charlotte Smith, I thank you so much. I told you before that as a young tyke, as they say, a young girl figuring it out, playing and loving this game of basketball, uh, you gave me an amazing example. Not just, there were so many that I watched that played the game, but you were different because you were, like you said, sold out for Christ and bold in your faith as you played this game that I loved. And then looking for somebody where, like I said, people said, Chelsea has the old soul and she's too churchy. No, I wasn't. I was just enough churchy 
And when I found you, when I met you, when I was introduced to you, I realized like, hey, there's somebody else just like me. And so I'm so thankful just for you, for your time today, for your message today. Oh my goodness. I'm like, Robert, I'm gonna look at this again, right? As a spectator, not a leader in this conversation, but a spectator. But I thank you so much for your time. Because as I tell people, time is the one thing that you give that you cannot give back. And so in the midst of what you do, I thank you for talking to us today. Thank you, and to God be the glory. Amen. Coach, do you mind giving us a prayer before we close out today? I don't. I don't. Father, God, we thank you so much. Um, you put a smile on my face, Father God, to just be in the presence of your people. And so we just thank you for this uh, moment of refreshing. Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit that lives in each of us that it just permeates our lives in order to give us instruction. We thank you for instruction. We thank you for guidance. Help us to have the wisdom to be still in your presence, Father God, to get direction uh, in this season, Father God. And we pray for everybody that's just dealing with the challenge of COVID that has the wrong mindset, Father God, that you would just um, sprinkle them with your hope, your love, and, and your joy, Father God, to know that you are sovereign, that you're, you're in control and that everything is all right because you are God and you are God alone. Father, I thank you for Chelsea. I thank you for a servant, servant's leader. I, I pray that you continue to bless this platform. Um, I pray that you continue to bring the speakers that she needs to bring forth your word for such a time as this. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen, coach. I appreciate you. I tell anybody you are now part of the servant leader family. So if there's anything I can ever do for you, just reach out. And when this thing passes and I'm up in North Carolina, I'm definitely going to reach out. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coach.